Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Christmas, Christmas Sunday, Sunday Roast. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another Sunday Roast. Back again with two wonderful guests. Uh, for anyone who's not familiar with the show, we'll start with uh, Jenny. Jenny, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your channel? Yeah, um, my name's Jenny. I run Random Scottish History website. I've got about seven publications, 200 YouTube videos, um, podcasts. Aki's is also be- going to be mad at me if I don't mention that I head out on Aki's tours once a week now to go and visit Scotland um, and I upload, I try and make them half hourly videos um, of our excursions out and about and they have a Patreon and Ko-fi and Facebook page and Discord server and everything all set up now for themselves. Um, uh, Random Scottish History obviously has the same on the go but uh, yeah, it's it's been a fun few years getting getting all these things done. Like, yep. Great. Thanks for Great. thanks very much. And for anyone who's been living under a rock for I don't know how long, uh, Phil, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, nice, Phil. I do a YouTube channel um, on political commentary, mostly British political commentary, unless there's some international news that also has some bearing as well. Fantastic. And my wonderful co-host, Alex, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Alex, also known as Political X. I'm a historian and a journalist. And my wonderful co-host, Max. My name is Max. I run the Rubber Spear channel, uh, where I talk about British politics and Brexit in particular. Alex, what's our first topic for today? An interesting one. Nicholas Rossi. This is picked by random Scottish history, Jenny. Jenny, tell us about what this case is. Why, why you've picked it this week? Because it's mental. It's just mental. Uh, even the behaviour panel got in about it. Um, so this guy has claimed, well, he has apparently um, been guilty of rape and other kind of gangster crimes over in the US. He absconded, got to Britain, immediately affected an accent and a brand new personality and uh, got married and everything, um, living up in Scotland, living quite well actually though he's pretending to be very ill so ill how could he possibly be this gangster he's so ill you know isn't that gangster 101 like when you see him going into trial <laughs> they've all got like the oxygen yeah. mask which none of them need i think you're mistaking the spitting hoods for <laughs> the dog muzzles <laughs> Yeah, no, this is like the Scottish government have gone, you are not who you say you are, you're an absolute dope. And they've just given, they've made him run out of appeals um, against his extradition and they are sending him home to to be judged by by the US authorities. (coughs) So it's going to be interesting to see what the outcome of that is. Um, As for his wife, I think she knows. I think she knows. She, he can't have hidden it for any amount of time. Um, it's not like he's some kind of genius. I mean, I've seen so many. <laughs> and you need so much mental stamina to keep up a personality, to keep up the pretense of a thing. I've got cats running around me. I'm sorry. Um, and It's Christmas. It's fine. And there's just absolutely no way that that she doesn't know. And so she's either in it for a financial reason, he's either led her to believe there's a book or a movie on the go, should he get away with it? Or she's been threatened in some way. Um, That's not how it comes across when they're on camera. I I would hedge more towards the financial benefit. They seem enamored with each other on camera. But it seems like too much, if you know what I mean. Like married couple, 
tend to be comfortable with each other she's almost all over him and being like ah oh, you know and it's almost like it's it's so staged it's so over the top lovey that it just i don't believe it at all you know a bit like carrie and boris <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, although I don't know this woman had like seven wains to the guy, so, you know, like, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's getting sent back and I am kind of curious to find out what the conclusion is going to be to it. Like, I'm glad oh, the it, Scottish government were just like, we're, we're not dealing with you it, here. Uh, it says home. here he represented himself in court, so that was a bit of a losing strategy <laughs> from the start, wasn't it? Yeah, I Unless think he, he definitely thinks he's barrister. smarter than he is. He definitely thinks he's smarter than he is. Like that's a classic psychopath sign, though, isn't it? Mm. Uh, who was the other one? The one in America who went Donald Trump? No, <laughs> another psychopath. Another psychopath. You think he is a psychopath? Donald? Yes. Yeah. Are you got to bear in mind that what? No. Oh, unison. There's in excess of twenty percent of the population are actually technically psychopaths. So you know, it's not unusual for for people who reach the top of politics for a large proportion of them to be Tories just because yeah, of... you, you have to be able to but you also have to step <laughs> you on can get them people. in various parties obviously certain parties attract them but mm. the um you know people like that tend to you know they're very aggressive they tend to have a high opinion of themselves so of course they're going to seek out managerial positions positions in politics that's naturally attractive to them and when yeah. you've you and you've got it's, it's like alcoholism it's it's a much higher proportion of the population than some people really realize um so yeah i mean psychopath it's not like uh you know uh like oh it's just like two or three population it's like 20 25 of the population that's crazy have you ever seen the aa uh, locations in london alone number of aa meeting locations no it's almost more than pubs <laughs> just yeah. as long not as they're not next door to pubs what's that it is the pub. as long as they're not next door to pubs <laughs> To be fair, that's quite hard to do in Britain. Like, I don't was... know. The, the village I grew up in, mm. which unfortunately attracted itself an unfortunate reputation earlier this year, uh, because it was where that stupid woman who, who saw some paragliders and thought it was Hamas attacking Doncaster. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the village I grew up, when I grew up, had 14 pubs in it. It's like a mile by a mile and a half, and it had 14 wow. pubs. Now there's like there's two, I think. I think there's two left. That was it. That I, I was around... I used to run a pub and restaurant and bar in London. And um, that I, I was running it just as a smoking ban came in. Mm. And it's really, it's been really interesting to see that sort of shift in my lifetime because originally, you know, that's what pubs were. It was beer, snacks, and cigarettes. Everyone started shunting towards selling food because mm. that was the only way they could see to make up yeah. to get hunters back in. But that's interesting in itself because that's, that's, that's part of the reason why the pubs have disappeared. Also interesting that Rishi Sinek just brought in a cigarette ban. Well, is it a smoking ban, actually, isn't it? Like It's social funny. media ban is his latest gimmick. Oh, what, is that today or something? No. Oh, I missed that. It, I've been travelling, so I, I, I'm a little bit out of the loop. on. He's suggesting that we ban all under-16s from accessing social media. And it's like, so the problem with that then, straight away, it's like the guy just says things randomly. It's like Boris Johnson, isn't it? You know, he thinks he's like, okay, so what will then happen? All these under 60s will just lie about their age. And then all the child protection filters you've got on social media don't work because they think they're 17 or 18 or something because they've just lied about their age. Yeah, it's they not think different. nothing through. They just blurt things out. What do you think of the child? Like, uh, I can't help but notice. Thank you very much, everyone, for making such a Christmassy effort. 
Can you all of you bow and tell me there was a Christmas effort? You'll notice I've donned my Scrooge hat. Ah, <laughs> we borrowed that from Max. From my corpse, Yvette. <laughs> what? What? Wait, really? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Look, there is her arm. There is her other arm. There is her head. She is dressed in original Victorian clothing, including top hat. She's a random Scottish history corpse. She helps wow. me with my shows. She's my producer. <laughs> you, you can afford a producer. Yeah. <laughs> we can't afford a producer. <laughs> I give her room and board. <laughs> uh, very classic Victorian. <laughs> Just give them room, room and board. Charge them through the, and then you don't have Make to pay cash. any wages. You'll get yeah, paid. Yeah, yeah. Scrooge. Yeah. Scrooge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, bug. Sorry, Phil. I, I, I was going to say, what about we'll go back onto the social media? China's got a very interesting thing where they don't ban, but they've changed the algorithm for under 18s, which makes them watch stuff that isn't what we have in the in the West. So it shunts out uh, people achieving high academic qualifications or physical achievements as the thing that's pushed onto youth mm. to encourage them within physics or maths or geography or history or or sports achievements. Yeah. Anyone have any thoughts on that? Should should Rishi instead just be walking with it instead of should he be doing like a kung fu move instead of just blocking it what, straight? He should be using the energy. What, what he should do is what they just fundamentally haven't done since Brexit is they should actually ask a, a, a wide range of experts on. He should present them a problem. This is what ministers politicians are not expected to solve problems because they're idiots most of them, and the ones who aren't idiots don't know anything um or they don't know anything about their particular field you can't expect someone someone could be like have a really um brilliant career they could be a nobel prize winning something economist even and you could put them in charge of the treasury it doesn't mean they know everything and they're not likely to be in the chat they might end up being you know the education secretary or the health secretary you know so even though they've got this illustrious background it's not in their department so they need to they need to present the problem. They say, I have got this political problem. You as experts come up with functioning ways to deal with this problem. And then they might turn around and say, this is not a real problem, behave yourself. Or they may say, okay, we'll work on some practical solutions. But when you just ran, because there's, there's no, in theory, when a politician announces something, maybe it's already been through that process, but there's no way that Rishi Sunak has had this go through experts because you instantly look at it and go straight away, They'll lie about their age. And then what if you're saying there's not enough like protections on social media, what protections there are, are compl you're basically circumventing them all. I guess the simplest because, way could be to say you can only access it through a credit card. And that's a bit of a classic way. Of yeah, doing but that, 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 OK, so, so then you're then saying to everyone on social media, you have to put your personal, very personal details in mm -hmm. to be able to use it at all. So that's then hitting the whole population. Yep, but it's the only way I could see that if you want to, if you, I'm not saying I'm not advocating it, I think it's the wrong way to go to put in such a such a block on social media. But if you were to do it, that would be the that would be arguably one of the most simplistic and effective ways of doing it. Because to get a credit card, you've got to be over, a, you have to be 18, don't you? So you you're not going to get one, and therefore you can't access the social media. But I think he said 16. I don't know. 16. I find it's a complicated thing, and I can't. But, but, but I think. I but I think we're looking at it from the wrong point of view. I think we need to look at it from a point of view of education. So we need to teach 
young people crit critical thinking skills yes. so that when they do when they do encounter things online they're like okay is this real is this not real like we i i'm totally disconnected from what's happening in israel and palestine N not because I, I disagree with what's happening but it's just you have social media uh pumping out all sorts mm. of stuff and then you discover after well this was faked or this was yeah. uh, manipulated or and and on on, on both sides so it, it what it does is it actually damages um trust in in social media you're like okay what what am i actually watching because i've seen on a number of occasions videos with comments underneath saying this is from 2011 or yeah this could is, that this be the, on purpose though could could that be on purpose could they could one faction or the other be literally spreading misinformation so much on purpose in I, order I, to make people go oh well, no, I, th I think real. and then no, they're no, able I, to continue the worst of the atrocities that we have seen but we can no longer really go oh it, did that happen well you know? I, I think that that's part of the problem but there's also another problem is because of clicks and likes people re people will see look here's a here's a video that i can put up and say this is happening in gaza or this is happening in tel aviv and i get lots of likes i got lots of views even though the video is not. So it, sometimes I think it's intentional to mislead. Others, just an attempt to to boost people's profiles. Yeah, Phil, I mean, you they, wanted to say something. Yeah, I was just going to say there's there's you know, they know it, it won't be like a double bluff. They know that most people accept it. Ironic, and this is going to happen a lot and it's going to happen during the election. There was one today. Someone's passing around photos going, oh, why is Keir Starmer photoshopping himself into images with the public? Why don't you just go out? And it's like, no, the, the image was of him with the public and someone's photoshopped him out. But then you've got, I read some of the comments on it. And the, the I mean, the, the one good thing that Musk has done on X, or X Twitter, um, it appeared when he'd taken over, it was probably worked on before, was the community notes feature, uh, because that's all over it. And I, but I saw some replies and some people, and there was one person saying, no, you can only Photoshop things into an image. You can't Photoshop them out. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm crap at Photoshop. Even I can Photoshop something. I've removed people from images. Uh, and now with the AI features, it's actually a piece of piss. Yeah. Um, well, you Lenin, Stalin, yeah. he used to do that all the way back in the day, yeah. like in the 1920s. Yeah. Lenin, <laughs> Stalin removed people out of pictures and put mm. himself in to make him look like he was best mates with Lenin. Yeah. It's nothing new. <laughs> like this is this is old school tech that you could if you if you know your stuff you can mess around with. And if they could do it in the 1920s, 100% yeah. could do it today. It was interesting as well like so what's the community notes thing? I, I again, I'm So not on Twitter, if if someone puts something up, if a lot of people say this is false because of this and they leave oh, put yeah. links and stuff like that in, you'll get a caption underneath the community note saying uh in actual facts this is a load of crap. You uh, seen and that is a good feature. It's better than Facebook because on Facebook, when you see something coming up, you're literally going through the comments and you get all these, oh my God, that's so amazing. Oh my God, what, what? And then you've got one in the middle going, that's totally AI. Look, there's extra fingers. There's this, there's this, there's this. This isn't right. That what? That, that's not even words that are on that, that book page, you know, this kind of stuff. And so on Facebook, you kind of have to scroll through to get to the comments going, yeah, that's that's not real. Like. Well, have you seen the, them yourself? Have you seen the pictures of Trump and Epstein together? I can't yeah. tell if they're fake or not. I think well, they're saying there's extra fingers, and I'm going, it doesn't look like there's extra fingers. No. Has anyone seen this? No. Like, it's but... him in a club with Epstein and like a load of women yeah. are all over them. But but I think some of those images are from the 90s, so it's um yeah. but it's only, I've only seen this one 
I've never seen this one before until this year. But 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 you raise a, raise a point is that you can like we're we're thinking of recent images being photoshopped, but you can also photoshop older images and yeah. put in. So like it it completely undermines trust in. I mean, there's, there's also not, in the in. The, sorry, it's go not on, something Jenny. that I've looked into, but it would be easy enough to go to the, if Trump and Epstein, two kind of public figures, and they've been public figures for a while have been together, there's a chance they have made it into magazines and newspapers in the past. Just do a search for, like, on a, like, say, the British newspaper archive or something and see what comes oh, up with where yeah, Trump and like Epstein that, have been at the same I mean, venue things together. like that anyway, I don't, like, see the value. It doesn't matter whether it's fake or not, does it? Like, what when people try and find photos of, like, two people together, what they're trying to do is, like, a guilt by association. Mm. It's like they're either guilty on their own or not. You can't be guilty because well, they're both guilty of their own crimes. They are, exactly. They, so. But but nonetheless, I mean, you might find a photo of of Jeffrey Epstein with, say, Mother Teresa or something. I mean, are people going to start accusing her of running, or, or you know, when she was alive, running? She was some dubious. Sort of rad- <laughs> you had to these practices. Like, well, don't need but, to, yeah. But you can, you know, you can have two people meet in a club or something like that. Um, you know, so this, this all, all this sort of guilt by association thing. I just think, look, either someone, either you can attack someone for who they are, you don't attack them just because they happen to be in the presence, or even friends with a wrong one at some but we, time. But we know that Trump was more than that because we've yes, got we yes, we do page. know. But but so why do you need the photos? Is what I'm saying. Well, that's why the, are the photos relevant. Well, okay, there's two things to that. It's curious to see that that photo came up this year, and you're right. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's fake. What's the importance of that compared to the video footage? And it didn't affect his run for president. The other interesting thing that came up this year, and and just to broach this a bit more, we are trying to do a bit of a review of this year now. We're going to move into that sort of section, and then we've got a fun section to do towards the end. The review, um, they're not releasing the flight logs. The Democrats uh, blocked Epstein's flight logs being released this year. Yeah. And the Republicans seem to be the ones demanding it's released. But I just get the impression that's like a nuclear option. Because you're, uh, you know, Sarah Ferguson's on those flight lists. Yeah. Which is just like, now we know that she called him out in 2011 and said he was a sex, uh, sex predator. We know that. So she did call him out. But we also know that he gave a huge amount of cash to her to pay off a debt that she had accumulated. And you're going, and then she's on this morning doing a show. And I've never heard anyone broach it with her. But, you know, he, she called him out with Trump. I mean, he but he, he he came out on TV and said, I mean, this is a few years back. He wished G- Ghislaine Maxwell all the best in prison. Ghislaine Maxwell is in prison. And so a lot of people want to know if she's going to turn in powerful people. And I know you've talked in the past about Prince Andrew and uh, you've criticize Bill Clinton's behavior. I'm wondering, uh, do you feel that she's going to turn in powerful men? How do you see that working out? I don't know. I haven't really been following it too much. I just wish her well, frankly. Uh, I've met her numerous times over the years, especially since I lived in Palm Beach, and I guess they lived in Palm Beach. Uh, But I wish her well, whatever it is. Uh, I don't know the situation with Prince Andrew. Just don't know. Not aware of it. What the hell's that about? And he justified it. So there's, there's more to what's been going on this year. And I'll be interested to see what happens with the flight logs and if they get released. And it's interesting to see the Democrats have blocked it. Well, I mean, the Republicans aren't, we've seen that they're not too shy to shoot themselves in the foot. They keep screwing themselves over in a number of ways, like with lots of, much like the Tories here. Or the um, DUP. 
you know, they, they keep drawing a kind of negative perspective towards them. You know, you, you can't look at them and not laugh or be like, just, oh, God, these people are dismal. They're just awful people, you know. But I think the re I think that's why they want the black box released is purely just because um, it shows they're fighting for something, you know, but also um, they don't care what comes out. I think they're prepared regardless to deal with whatever. Well, I, I mean, yeah. the, the, their main way of dealing with information they don't like that comes out is just to reject and go, that no, that never happened. What are you talking about? No, it never happened. No, you might have heard that, but no, it didn't happen. Oh, you might have seen that thing too, but no, it didn't happen. It's because like, they know they've about? got control over yeah. their base. They've, they've got... They had the orange one who was their president and is still, you know, they still want him to be the president. And he's basically admitted to committing all of the sins under the sun. Um, you know, they like commandments. What are they? And and yet they still support him. So they know that it doesn't matter what someone's guilty of. Donald Trump could literally walk down the street, see a baby playing on the lawn, kick it in the head, be filmed and carry on and he'd still be really popular. Might be more popular because he might then say, oh, that was going to be a future Democrat president. I sorted him out for you. And, uh, and, and they love him for it. It's true, though. It's true. But do you think... Well, I don't understand. What? It's like Farage. I don't know if anyone has seen the, the video of Farage returning like some sort of yeah. conquering hero to GB yeah. News. They were lining third, third in a contest of three people. <laughs> yes. Again. <laughs> Did he lose his deposit? No, he was actually given a, a million and a half. Half quid, yeah. And he's moaning. What's well, he moaning? does. It's, so, so he was given a million and a half pounds, which ITV are regretting. And he said from the start, he was going on the show... Uh, nothing to do with the money. Okay, so why did you negotiate such a high fee? But he's, he's going on the show, he says, so he could like reach a wider audience, a younger audience. And I thought, okay, fine. So he got that opportunity. And now he's belly aching because a lot of the time they didn't really show a lot of his clips. And it's because ITV said, because you're boring, mate. You're just banging <laughs> on about politics all the time. And our, views, our viewers aren't like political. They're not that bothered about it. They want you to, they want a bit of chatter and you just boring that me. after he did the video about his twitter support dwindling he's like oh it was going up and up and now i'm cancelled nobody's joined no one's supporting yeah. me i've not had new followers in each in fact there's been a decrease in followers what's happening twitter must be behind the scenes here it's like no mate you were the figurehead of brexit brexit's kind of done you're no you're no but, the figurehead yeah. of anything anymore no one gives a shit anymore and you've got nothing interesting to say you've got oh. No policies that are actually like yeah of interest to anybody anymore, you know. Yeah, so it, it, it you know in this country, unlike in America, in America, that's it, it appeals to his core base, mm. which is a significant proportion of the population, but a very you know it's it's well into the minority. Whereas in America, it's about half of them. So which mm. is why Donald Trump still continues to to be a credible threat because mm. that base is not like a, a minority of the population; it's basically half the population. Or the voting population whereas in this country it's it goes maybe 15 percent. it goes back to what you're talking about like the lack of experts now and it's mm. the right that just shun experts but what i think it is is they've realized there's a reason soap operas are a thing there's a reason that there are so many series and dr dramatized episodes of things that last for thousands of episodes hundreds and thousands of episodes people will just keep watching and the right have discovered that if they just forego experts, fuck it, 
they they know what they want to see they they know how they want life and to get life as they want it they need to make this 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 and this happen it might not be great things but it will make a thing happen so i think they're in it for the drama and people are there for that they they want to see the drama especially when trump was voted in there's so many people came out afterwards going oh yeah i just voted for him because i thought it'd be funny i am starting to starting to regret my vote for trump i i know you guys i know i was like you it'll be fun it'll be funny burn it down burn the constitution down people like just love the drama they just want to they do a thing and then just sit back and go well, let's see what happens you know like but that's what the right, I think, have cottoned on to. And I think that's why they don't make very much use of experts, if at all, these days. It's purely just because they're like, nah, if we just push forward with this, even bad like promotion is good promotion because it's promotion in some sense, you know? Yeah, like, I don't you're know. going I to be I've... on the front pages for Rwanda, you know? Like... I, th I think that's thinking. I, I, th I, I think the foregoing of experts in this country was simply because they they had they got captured they had to get behind brexit no expert was going to say that this was going to work out for them even their even the ones they could find that would promote brexit like patrick minford was saying mm. oh yeah industry yeah you're gonna have to sack that you're not gonna have an industry after you're not gonna have a car industry you have to wind it down um so even he when he was going oh yeah brexit be brilliant was still saying, by the way, you're going to have to do all these things that are going to be crushingly unpopular. Uh, so they couldn't find any. So they had, and, and and we knew, we saw this writ large with Boris Johnson. He would describe any, like, this is how the woke blob came about, the Whitehall blob. It's like all these you know, civil servants who were trying to frustrate the will of Brexit. It's like, no, they were just trying to tell you that this stupid bloody thing was going to have these stupid bloody consequences. And you didn't like him. They called them naysayers. So they surrounded themselves with yes men who would be people with either very low intellectual capacity or people who uh, for money or power or whatever will just say whatever you want them to say or both like David Frost. And, 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 that's, and they've got themselves trapped now. They, they, Brexit is now, it's like there's no Conservative Party anymore. There is just the Brexit Party because every single policy cannot be discussed. In, it has to be discussed in terms of what would Brexit Jesus say about this? Every single time. There is not a single policy that cannot have a Brexit dimension. Everything. The the experts have been removed from the process entirely. There's a sketch there, Brexit Jesus. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm picturing South Park. <laughs> what is it uh, the ice skater from the movie? What would Brian Donald do? Oh, yeah, something was? like that. Something like that. And then, like, what would Brexit Jesus do? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you 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 gave some gravitas to Musk for putting in the community like. Um, I don't know that he put it in. I just noticed it appeared. I, th I think it, I think it, it over. was there before. Yeah, I think it, it was, was there before. Was Maybe he's promoted it because it definitely didn't come up as much as it did until he took over. Hmm. But the other thing is, he brought on Alex Jones, who Farage is intimately linked. Yeah. With. He's now got he's got Alex Jones, and he's got Tucker Carlson. Yeah. And they're both absolute whack. Tucker Carlson this year went was... full out and said the JFK assassination mm. was an inside job and attacked the CIA. And then he came out and said that aliens existed. 
and that it's all real and we're being lied to and did his usual spiel that he does to attack the Democrats, to attack mm. the government in general. Um, it looks like he's building a bit of a media empire. Well, he, he got he got too crazy for Fox. Fox had to drop him. Yeah. Yeah, because of, well, that was because of Trump attempt, the Trump's attempted yeah. coup. Yeah. And he was basically saying that it was a coup and it was all a lie and they all knew it because the, the WhatsApp, but it wasn't just that, was it? He was complaining about a black guy not being beaten up enough by a group of white people in the texts, which came out because of the investigation. Yeah, yeah, which came out because of the investigation into into what was being said. Mm. And Fox were like, "Yeah, he's going to have to go. He's he's yeah. too extreme for us." And Fox is as extreme as he can get. But Alex Jones, I mean, the Sandy Hook stuff, mm. saying it was an inside job, and this is people that Farage hangs out with. I don't think he's done anything. With no, no, it was worse, worse than an inside job. He was he was claiming that the the, the victims' actors. families were yeah. were actors. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, crisis actors. He was calling them like him. So I, once again, I, I I've said this before. I don't know if these people are really crazy or they're just grifters. I like think there much. might be an element of both. I mean, it's like Jenny says about trying to keep up an act. I suppose it is a bit different when you're just doing it on broadcast. But I do think to to go beyond certain bounds. You, you, your, your brain has to be a bit malleable, at least. It's a little bit like comparing Rishi Sunak and Boris Johnson. You know, I look at them both. Rishi Sunak is now trying to go full Boris Johnson. He, he just lies and lies and lies. Sometimes tell, he told stupid lies in Parliament this week that he didn't need to do. And he's just doing it because he knows that unlike Boris Johnson, he's not going to find himself with a privileges investigation uh, or anything like that. But he can't do it. Boris Johnson can do it confidently because he just makes his brain just warps the universe to, to for whatever he needs um, because of that narcissism. Whereas Rishi Sunak is like a, a sort of a he might be a psychopath himself, but he's a normal person that can understand reality. And and when he tries to lie, he's, it's like his it's like when I saw Michael Gove after the Barnard Castle thing, and he was trying to say it was quite reasonable. Oh yes, there's been times in the past when I've gone on a drive to test my eyesight to see if I was blind. And and you could, as he was saying it, you could just sort of, it, it didn't come across confidently. His his brain was rebelling. It was good. Are you sure about this? What's he saying? What? Don't send that message to your mouth. Um, and Rishi Sunak's the same thing. They they can't lie confidently enough. They get trapped. Even Liz Truss, you know, would get trapped. Logic would trap her, and she'd hesitate. There's so many clips of her hesitating when something's put to her. Whereas Boris Johnson will just go with it, and he'll just keep changing the story. What you're describing are the people that are trying to keep up with their psychopath colleagues because if you're not confident about a thing you say that suggests there's an element of fear there of being found out what psychopaths don't tend to have is fear and that gives them confidence in most of the mm. things they do and leads to the narcissism as well because they're like no i'm the best at this no one's going to tell me otherwise i'm not afraid of like falling foul of this you know so what you're talking about those people that come up and they don't seem very confident they're just trying to keep up with their psychopath colleagues. But isn't there an element with Boris really Johnson that is ruffled hair that he had? That was to knock you off and make you think that he isn't that big a deal. And he's yeah. not a threat, which is even more subversive compared to like someone like Rishi Sunak, who <clears throat> I, I don't know if he does dress well. He's not as bold as the no. usual Tory leaders no, usually are. He seems more like a, a little kid that's just kind of oh. like, oh, maybe if like I just... a technocrat more than a... Well, no, I... he's got charisma. No, well, no. Well, this was it. I mean, there was 
There was the the mirror were making a big thing yesterday of this this recordedly Anderson thing, and now saying part of it is saying where he think he was saying Rishi Sunak doesn't have Boris Johnson's charisma. I think well, there's nothing remotely controversial about that. He doesn't yeah. like even like, and you, it, it's not an attack on Sunak or or praise of Johnson as such. It's it's just a fact. You know, Johnson had charisma. Rishi Sunak hasn't got charisma. You know, I will save the Labour leader. Keir Starmer doesn't have charisma. Well, he doesn't have that charisma that, when I talk about charisma, I mean, the, I don't know them on an individual basis, but I'm talking about the charisma that projects itself well to millions of people who will never meet you. Like, you know, people say that Theresa May comes off well on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So that's why mm. they were caught totally by surprise when she ended up being completely scared of the public in 2017 because um, she lacked the charisma that actually matters in politics. But then it's why why would it even be a pissing contest? Because charisma is really just the ability to cover up for a lack of substance with charm. Oh, you know, to... what about Obama, though? I think there yeah, was had, substance there. Yeah, he had... I mean, yeah, you can have but... charisma and substance, but what I mean is the, the purpose of charisma is to win over people that you cannot win over with arguments. Well, I, I, yes, there is an element of that, but it's also to sell your policy. So... If we went even further back, FDR, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, mm. during the 30s to World War II, he did it really well. And it's to sell the policy to then pass it through Congress. So if there's an upswell in public opinion about, let's say, public school development, which is one of his policies, and he's selling it really well. Or he even like there was even the fireside chats where he got onto the radio and said, put some Put some faith in the banks. Don't take all your money out. Put it in there. We're going to get this fixed. And because he came across so well, it calmed. There's an argument that it calmed the national attitude towards the banks, and then started to settle them. If you look at someone like Boris Johnson and COVID, it was the antithesis of that. So we are saying at four o'clock we'll have a five thirty press conference, and this begins at six forty-five. We don't expect that the whole country will return to their desks as one from Monday. The key thing is the government is, is no longer telling people that it's necessary uh, that they should work from home uh, and uh, the rest is ready for, uh, for employees, employers to, uh, to, to work out for, uh, for themselves. So we are saying don't go to work, go to work, don't take public transport, go to work, don't go to work, stay indoors. If you can work from home, go to work, don't go to work, go outside, don't go outside and, uh, and then we will or won't. Uh, something or other. Yeah, but but also there was the problem of trust. You didn't have the trust. Like if if you look at, for example, in New Zealand, where the prime minister was was explaining to people, you know, you need to follow the rules. The the, the rules during the pandemic, you need to follow the guidance, and people did that. Yeah. And there were other countries where there was trust. And I think this is a big problem is that politicians over the last number of decades have been sowing mistrust, saying you shouldn't believe politicians, but believe me. And Boris Johnson was very good at that. He was he was lying to people. People knew he was lying and people still voted for him. People yeah. were saying, well, he's lying to everyone else, but he's not going to lie to me. Well, that, well, they thought it was in their interest. I mean, there was that moment in a TV debate in 2019 where Boris Johnson said he doesn't lie. And the whole audience laughed. The whole audience, not just like the bit that wasn't going to vote for him. Forgive me, Mr. Johnson, but this is about... But this is about personal integrity and individual character. Does the truth matter in this election? I think it does. And I, I think it's very important. I think it's very important to hear from... I've been very clear. Because they all know he was a liar. It's just that they thought 
it's like when they do wrong things, they think it's in their interest, like at the moment, trying to take, and I was talking to one of these fellas a week ago, they said, oh, trying to take away uh, human rights. Yeah, but it's, but it, it, it's not to hurt us. It's to hurt these like hundred people. And they think that they think it's on their behalf. Oh yeah. They might be like bending the rules or they might be doing this or they might be doing that, but it's on our, it's in our interests, this guy but, from Eton. But it's, it's on that bigger picture as well. I can't remember who cited the quote, but from World War Two. First they came for the yeah. foreigners, then they came for the it's socialists, it's, 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 then they came for the communists, then they came for the poor. And I'm looking at this and going, this is no different. They go and attack the EU, they make it out to be the boogerman, they get rid of the EU, and on the promise that they're going to make everyone's lives better. And then they start attacking the weakest. And everyone's sort of slowly walking through. I mean, you can't hold a sign up mm. in public without getting nicked. That's the, the that, 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 that's literally it. North Korea stuff. People are <clears> too quick North to, they're too quick to believe words over actions. Because mm. if you take the words out of of the Tory party, if, they, if you just look at the effect they've had and the huge increase in food banks and the huge increase in folk destitute due to cost of living and just look at what they've done to the place. Yep. Look at how... People are getting on. They're they're not doing well. I, I would I would steer clear of the food bank one though, because that went a bit wrong in Hartlepool, didn't it? Um, there when the Hartlepool by-election, <laughs> yes. there was some fella interviewed who said, um, "Well, we've got loads of food banks now. We had hardly any when Labour in government. It was a good thing to have food because yeah. in their mind, it's like, well, food banks are there to help, you know, feed the poor people, and and we didn't have these under Labour. Therefore, the poor must be starving. So, no, there were just weren't as many poor." Yeah, you know I mean there You're are that desperate. Sorry, Norway. You know I, mean? I, I, I imagine, more. I imagine none. In, right in Scandinavia, because yeah. they tend, they, I mean, they do teach critical thinking in countries like Finland, for example, yeah. and I think Sweden as well, at least. And also, you've got sort of, um, I mean, just I keep saying like when people keep looking at other countries, you, you naturally look at the big countries like Germany, France, the United States, and like that. So no, look at Scandinavia. Yeah, everything they do, like their prisons. You, you, you take your average British citizen around a, a prison, and and they would go, "Oh, is life for Riley? This why are they being treated like human beings?" And it's like, yeah, have you seen the reoffending rate? It's it's down at the floor. There's like almost no reoffending, and it's because they it, don't treat them like in Scotland. Animals. Like this, the government tends to try and the policies tend to align fairly closely with Scandinavia in a lot of places, like the baby boxes and um yeah, just there's there's a lot of and when you're talking about like the the lack of reoffending, the, the police in Scotland have actually been sent to to do talks and train um other police forces around the world because they will judge it as mental health issue mm. before they judge it as a criminal issue. Yeah. So the the emphasis is on trying to to sort out a person's mental health because obviously it's understood that a person just doesn't just wake up one morning and go I'm going to go and stab that guy. Yeah. There's there's things that have led to a crime. There's there's things that have made a person influences um, and ways of life and domestic violence and all kinds of things that lead to the situation where people feel that crime is their only option. And that's that's the way it's taken up here by the police board. But unfortunately, <laughs> we're seeing that the police budget in Scotland is uh, suffering at the moment. And um, I think there's some closures about to happen for 
or some of the police officers throughout. No, just just quickly, there was um there was a doctor interviewed, an NHS doctor interviewed um on the BBC the other day, where she talked about how cuts to the NHS mean that people don't have access to a, a GP or a, a, they, for example, if they don't have a GP in the area, they have to go to the NHS um A and E, and this is a huge cost for the NHS, like something forty quid for a, a GP appointment. Not, not that they pay, it's just it costs the system, where it's like £400 for um for A&E appointment. But it's when you when the NHS struggles, it means people don't have access to the, the services they need. If they don't have access to the services they need, it affects their mental health, it affects their physical health, it affects their ability to work. Mm. This affects the economy, and then it has a circular effect. It's yeah. because the economy is struggling, the, the the government cut services for pu- public services yeah. and they cut public services people have a worse quality of health and it's and if you resolve the nhs issues then you'll be able to resolve a lot of social issues too i'm i'm, I'm going to bring in this final point and then i'm going to go on to the next section um you've seen that the trains that have been run by the government are making profit which are going back into our coffers and they're being run better mm. in the private sector and yeah. it's run by the conservatives yeah it's an absolute fucking joke. Theme of the year. What would your what would your theme be for the year? If you were to look at the whole thing from a political perspective, what would be the theme of the year? Who would like to go first? Black. <laughs> <laughs> Expand, please. That would be it. Yeah. yeah. It's just been quite a dark year. Like there's not been a lot of positives that have come out, so black. Phil? Um, I mean, I would say no positives at all. Like my partner sometimes sort of says, well, tell me a happy thing. I say, you do know my job is to look at all the unhappy things. Um, but <laughs> this year has just been, I would say, to, from political point of view, British political point of view, just desperation, desperation everywhere. Um, you know, it's been desperation on the part of the Conservatives because they've got someone who has no plan other than to make himself and his wife as rich as possible, uh, to go from being basically a billionaire to an actual billionaire, and the rest of the party are just and it's because they've got no idea they've never had to fight for their seats they think they have but they haven't because almost all of them won their seats from 2010 onwards so they've not had <clears throat> they may have had an individual battle in their local constituency but nationally they've had no so they don't know what to do they have no idea and if they try to scratch around for some veteran of the opposition years who knows how to fight how to dig in deep what have they got They've got to go to John Redwood or Ian Duncan Smith. I mean, that's, you know, a recipe for disaster. And you've got, you know, you've got it everywhere as well, at the risk of upsetting Jenny. You've got it in Scotland as well. The SNP are finding a similar thing. They've been in power for 15 years. And and they're now um, looking like they're going to lose their, their sort of dominance as well. So you've got you've got desperation all around you've had like a change of leader that hasn't really reversed fortunes you've got for various reasons arguments going on and they'll happen with labor as well because they're sort of simmering in labor but they're keeping their heads down because their eyes are on the prize whereas when you and and this will happen to labor again like it did 15 years ago when you sort of all of a sudden things are getting a bit tricky that's when you get lots of people going, oh, it's because we're doing this, we should do this, we should do this thing, or we should do this thing. And everyone disagrees about what the thing is that you need to do. And that's what we're seeing this year. We're seeing the wheels coming off um, the, the parties of power and they're not quite, and they're sort of 
the sort of internalizing it, the sort of having little internal squabbles. I, Most I, noticeably the conservatives, where you've got like little Fran Mark Francois now actually it was ridiculed by Anna Sawa on Question Time last night, last night from the point we were recording this, for pretending he was a mafia don. He's going around pretending he was a mafia don, and yet he couldn't even get can you imagine an actual mafia godfather who who gave an order? And then all of their hoods and gangsters went, no, mate, we're not doing that. Because that's literally what happened to him. He said to the ERG, which still, I mean, the ERG and the new Conservatives together must have a membership of about 80-odd. It's the vast majority of the far right of the Tory party. Danny Kruger and Mark Francois said, yeah, we're not going to support this bill. And, and the majority of their members went, yeah, well, we're going to vote for it. So, you know. It's like the Windsor framework as well. They, they, they yeah. try to throw the weight. It was a weaker... Around. It was a weaker rebellion than the Windsor framework. The Windsor framework had about 20 odd MPs vote, Tory MPs vote against. This one had, it Zero. had 37 abstain, none ab against, 37 abstain. And some of those abstentions were real abstentions. And some of them were from like moderates like Alex Sharma. So the actual number of abstentions even from the far right would have numbered less than 30. So it was a weaker rebellion. I mean, we'll see what happens next month, but so far it looks like to me there is no rebellion. I mean, here's like two things to that. You mentioned Ian Duncan Smith being a bit of a bit of an idiot. Um, I've just come he, back. He was Europe. in the guards. I've just come back from Europe, and I had the pleasure of meeting Pascal Lamy, who used to be head of the IMF. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I said to him, "It was an absolute pleasure watching you dismantle Ian Duncan Smith a few years ago," <laughs> and he laughed remembered it and went oh god that idiot <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um, he, he, was, he said it was very I, entertaining <laughs> he was he was in he was in the guards i mean in the army that is that is where you put posh idiots so they don't actually muck up anything can, <laughs> no that that was that was what he always was an idiot i mean he was he was i tell you how bad he was he became tory leader during labor's second term so you go into prime minister's questions. It's all about the leader of the opposition. They, they, you know, the party of power has been in power for a few years now. You're going to start attacking them, you know, for this, that, and even if things are sort of going well, hey, it should be better. Why isn't it better? And yet, by all reports, Ian Duncan Smith used to crap himself ahead of PMQs. Like, how does that make sense? It's supposed to be the prime minister shooting himself. Does anyone remember how he promised that they were going to get rid of the Taliban? The conservative. He promised about that. Anyone remember that? I don't remember um, very much. Yeah, he said he was going to work with Labour to get rid of the Taliban and under the Conservatives they'd come back. No, I've never heard anyone pull him up on that. That'd be yeah. an interesting thing. Max, what's your theme of the year? Um, it's like, and I'm stealing this from somebody, I don't know who to accredit this to, but um, it's like watching your your local library be be burnt down by people who can't read. It's, it's uh, what the Nazis did in the Bible plots. Yes, it, but it's this is what's happening. You, you, have, you have people who are being convinced... Well, we need to vote. We need to support parties like Reform UK or or the the far right. And and let's and kudos to to Phil for calling the people in the Conservative Party the far right because I, I get really frustrated when I hear journalists from the BBC talk about the right wing of the Conservative Party. No, there are that as well. You know, that's, yeah, but but there is a far right element in terms uh, of in the population. They are the far right in terms of the Conservatives. You know, like. Like some, I saw someone pull up when someone described the left of the Conservative Party. And they did specifically <laughs> say the left wing of the Conservative Party. They said, well, there are no left wing. It's like, no, not left wing of politics. Left, like every party has a left and a right. Mm. The, the left of the Conservative Party is still right, but it's the left of them. <laughs> so, um, 
I mean, they're not race. socialists. Rishi Sunak is not a socialist like Danny Kruger accused <laughs> him of being. <laughs> um, in fact, to be honest, technically speaking, in terms of left and right, in terms of pure economic policies, you probably can't get more right wing than Rishi Sunak. It's just he's not quite as as he's not a fascist. That's it what they have. It's the authoritarianism that we when we say the far right, we mean we mean um, authoritarian and right wing economically. It was amazing to watch in the COVID inquiry how he said that Eat Out to Help Out was a purely physical, physical. response. Yeah. Fis Sorry, what did I say? Physical. Physical. Fiscal uh, approach. And then within about five minutes, he tripped up and said it yeah. was a social yeah. response after being, yeah, I know. It was like, wow, you just need to let them talk and they'll just trip over themselves. Okay, new topic. Person of the year. Let's go on a bit of a, a more positive note. Who would you have as person of the year? Who would like to go first? Positive. That has to be a good one. Go on. Uh, we'll yes. say, should we say Carol Vorderman then? Why not? Yes. Oh, you realize if Carol is watching this, you're very welcome on the Sunday roast. Carol <laughs> uh, Vorderman's a good pick. Yeah. She's been excellent. I, I figure that, um, I mean, the English are stuck between a rock and a hard place because they really kind of have to choose between the Tories or the Labour Party. Um, and I figure if she stood for a Labour constituency seat, she would <laughs> she would win. She, she, it would be like over, I, an overwhelming win, I would think. Um, I do if think she were to actually like take any kind of leadership role within a party, I, I think she would be as bullshy as the Tories are in trying to get their policies through, but it would be policies that weren't super detrimental to everybody. I, I, I tend to disagree. I, I think people, celebrities in particular, have more power outside mm. political parties because once they become a, part, a member of the party or uh, an, an MP, um, they're constrained. They have to follow particular rules. rules. Also, you know? it's just they, they, get into, they get sucked into that tribe thing. Um, you know, the politics is far too tribal. It is really good to have someone championing a cause outside of a party. I mean, my, so the Marcus Rashford, for example. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the cause Carol Vorderman's promotes, of course, is proportional representation, which got like three mentions on Question Time yesterday, I gather. Uh, th I saw one of them, three people talked about proportional representation uh, positively. And, you know, something like that is going to want, you want sort of mass appeal for it. And instantly, if, if you join a political party, even if you don't behave yourself, it doesn't matter. All of a sudden you get people's political tribalism ranging you against them. So I, it's much better to be out there. And again, all she's doing is championing a cause. She doesn't care who's in government. She, you know, to, to a re well, she doesn't really like the Tories. But she, you know, if all the other parties were on equal footing, she wouldn't really mind between several ones, you get the impression, um, because she's championing this cause for which you will want cross-party support anyway. So I think, yeah, I think it's better for certain people to lead on a particular issue rather than a broad range of issues outside political parties. If I was to pick someone for the year um, who was a person of the year for championing a cause, I would probably pick Julia Grace. Um, Dr. Julia Grace, because she has been tireless in her efforts to expose the privatisation of the NHS and exactly what sectors are falling fastest and what the repercussions um, could be that we, we see in the future of that. I would pick her. She's been she's been excellent to follow. Max? I honestly can't think of, um, I was thinking of Carol, but um, 
but uh, I, I don't actually, I can't think of somebody apart from the ones mentioned who really stands out. It's, it's all been pretty negative stuff mm. this year. Yeah. How about yourself, Alex? Uh, Marina Perkis, as we've already had mm. Carol. I mean, the, the ripping apart of Jacob Rees-Mogg. And then he clearly cut her off because he couldn't handle it. Uh, so he, call, he called out someone on Channel 4, an interview on Channel 4 saying, because he was in the middle of an interview and he was he in his mind was doing well and she cut him off. And he said, oh, that's a tactic you use in TV. When you're losing an argument, you cut them off. And I went, that's exactly what you did to Marina Perkis. So I thought that was quite... I actually, I, yeah, actually comes to mind Zoe, Zoe Gardner, who's been on the show as well. Um, on the issue of immigration, she's you know, really sharp, really, really able to uh, deal with. And she took on uh, Jonathan Goulas in the, um, <laughs> in a select committee, I think it was. So that was wonderful to watch. That was wonderful to watch, wasn't it? So there are there are some stars <laughs> within mm-hmm. the darkness, amongst, amongst the darkness. Yes. <laughs> okay. Next. So that's interesting. So it's an all female cast, isn't it? Julia Gray, Julia Grace. Mm. Carol Vorderman, Zoe Gardner, <laughs> and Marina Perkis. That's pretty cool. Monday Girls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we can't call them the Spice Girls. What would we call them? <laughs> action action Girls or something? I don't know. Because <laughs> like, these are people that are kind of promoting causes that are close to everybody's hearts, aren't they? Not Charlie's Angels, Alex's Angels. <laughs> I don't know if that would go down well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, we there's a troll as well. You know, it's nice to plug you know that's part of the reason we set this up it's nice to plug other people's shows on here and yeah the troll is definitely i mean it's the it's number one political podcast isn't it obviously we're number two (laughs) in our minds (laughs) okay okay next um naughty list who would you put ahead of the naughty list and what punishment would you give them because as phil eloquently pointed out if you gave cole to a tory They'd be very happy. So, who would be at the top of the naughty list for the year? I mean, for me, it's, it has to be Rishi Sunak because he ultimately is is the prime minister, um, and it doesn't matter that he might be trying to act to try and appease various factions. He has a choice. He's done the most damage. He's done an incredible amount of damage. Just you know, just, even just cancelling HS two alone has caused a, you know one of the top stories today is now there's a particular council because of that is going to like go to the wall as if we you know we already had these situations, and it's not like he's just done it because he's weak. He's done it because he's greedy and he doesn't care. Uh, so I, I you know just in terms of impact, I can't think of anyone nationally anyway. Well, would you country. would you say would you say he has done more damage than Thatcher? But maybe um, not in the same amount of time. He didn't have the same amount of time as her, of course. Uh, it, it, no, I wouldn't. Um, I don't think he's done as much damage because what Rishi Sunak has done, a lot of it can be repaired. Uh, Thatcher's damage is still not repaired even now. Um, the time element's interesting. You know, has has he done more damage than she did in any particular year? I don't know. Um, but I wouldn't know. I wouldn't say it was. Just, I think we could move on from Sunak more than we can move on from Thatcher or Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson has done an immense amount of damage just with Brexit alone. But that's not this year, is it? Liz no, Truss it's not this year. No, Liz, even Liz Truss. Rishi Sunak has done more damage than Liz Truss. You couldn't have left Liz Truss in place, but Rishi Sunak has done more damage to the economy and more damage to pension funds than Liz Truss has. Can you explain to our viewers why he's done more damage? Because as Chancellor, for example, he, he made 
much more money disappear in in 2020 alone which obviously was a big year for like you know budgets were going to go a little bit crazy but 100 billion pounds on literally nothing i don't just mean and i'm not including the fact that as we've you know had a report uh this week that on the vip lane we were spending an uh, uh, an average of 80 percent more compared to stuff we were getting on the you know from normal sources and things like that i'm not talking about waste I'm not talking about where we spent more than we had to on a thing. I mean, where we got nothing, you know, 37 billion pounds on test and trace, which Parliament said did nothing. Um, you know, the 12 billion pounds on fraud, you know, you add up the the, the money that was uh, that we spent on that Dominic Cummings crazy idea to, I know, instead of like working with the EU on Galileo, we'll make our own satellites I will get a, I will get this bankrupt satellite company to make satellites it's not even very good at making, you know, different types of satellites. Um, that cost a fortune. You add it all up, and he and I worked it out at one point. You know, people keep talking about oh, he wasted like twelve billion here and twenty billion there, and it's like now in 2020 alone he made a hundred billion just disappear on nothing, and then he and at the moment he's going on about Labour's plans to borrow up to twenty eight billion pounds a year for the green technology. We are borrowing 140 billion pounds a year at the moment. You know, he's borrowed. Oh, he personally, as Chancellor or Prime Minister, has been responsible for over half a trillion pounds of our national debt. It's amazing how uh, two things to that. You know, we already had a track and trace system that everyone. Yes, it worked. The, the, the genuine NHS one, which didn't have the NHS moniker, which worked. Yes. Oh, for HIV. Oh, right. Absolutely. But with the, they just adapted it. The actual COVID one worked until Boris Johnson said, stop doing that we're just going to let run through the population then that happened and it's like oh can you start it up again now they just the nhs turned around to it are you mental it's a bit like releasing all the bulls in spain all right can you put them back in their pen now no they're on a charge mate i would love someone to sit down and calculate the number of people they killed because there was Uh, a guy there was a doctor really difficult this week sorry phil I was going to say it'd be really hard because some would have died anyway and they were spending so much time trying to like doctor death certificates anyway to try and downplay the impact of COVID that it would now be incredibly difficult. Um, 200,000. We'll have killed. I mean, that's the official calculation is 220,000 died. There's still no memorial. But I, but I, I, still, I still don't understand why ordinary people continue. People, Ordinary people must understand these things. No. no. Yeah, they're, but they told... You listen to them and you in uh, the public when they're justifying this and they're like, well, they're going to die anyway. And you're like, no, no, no. My question is more general, like how people like just listening. If, if people, many people will listen to this and then hear, OK, 100 billion pounds, 100 billion. How many hospitals could you build with that? How much infrastructure mm. could you build? Rebuilding schools, fixing the NHS, all of these things that could have been spent. You could spend like, with 100 billion pounds and. And people will still, well, you know, the Tories still hate immigrants enough. That's why I vote for them. Or, or even just they'll believe this fact. That, oh, it was like a, a once in a century event and they got caught out by surprise and they weren't really expecting it. And all of these things are untrue, by the way, because the government cited a global pandemic as the number one threat to the nation way back in 2010. David Cameron made speeches about it international speeches about the need for the world to do something about this so you're not going to tell me he wasn't telling his own cabinet about the need for this and and those members of his cabinet ended up becoming the prime minister because you know he had Theresa may and boris johnson in his cabinet um, what was that thing of- he had boris johnson in his cabinet he had certainly had yeah. him in 
in it. Yes, he did. Yeah, he so, did. Okay. and he knew him anyway. So, yeah. of course, he would have. They knew about these things. They just chose not to take it seriously because it was a cost for later. Why would we spend money now when it might not happen for another ten years? We might not even be in power then. Um, that thing of they keep. I mean, Sunak has claimed everything's for the long term, hasn't he? And then he cancelled HS two. Yeah, so there's, there's, I mean, like I, I, would, I would like to get a Tory MP and just say, name me one long-term infrastructure project you've got going because there's none. They ain't got no. anything. Um, what would the punishment be, Phil? Well, we, as I said, we can't have coal in their stock, and we put a tax bill in their stock, and instead, they don't like those. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, is the top of your naughty list? What would be the what would you put in their stocking? Honestly, don't know. I mean, up here, maybe salmon for. <laughs> attempting to resurrect his popularity and serving to to be the best divider of um the the pro-independence faction up up here uh, he has um split the vote mm. between his party haba and uh, the smp and they have his faction have become this really strange purportedly left wing faction of people that just keep falling for right wing bullshit yeah yeah and it's it's almost as if they can't see it for themselves but they... i mean to to want to hate any demographic that that's very much right wing like you know it, way it, of being is to is i i i believe these things because i hate this person this type of person this race or or you know class of person you know and the the alba lot are and there's a a section of them that call themselves women won't wished um who are completely anti-trans and they're anti a whole demographic of the population um, who needs as much help and support as we can give them. And they can't understand that they're really just following right-wing rhetoric while apparently claiming to be socialists and left-wing. And I don't understand it. And it's all off the back of Alex Salmond trying to regain yeah. some kind of popularity and... Um, Relevance, and become really. a, a figurehead again in popular like, culture. Salmon is a very interesting one because you know that these people are saying we, you know, we we don't hate trans people. We just love women. <laughs> that, that's their that's their rhetoric. Um, which Salmon has you know had some uh, and then you see problems some memes problems out that are just pure hate. Yeah, yeah, no, but but no, I, I agree with you. But but Salmon himself has had some problems with women in the past, hasn't he? Mm. apparently allegedly well he claims to be a left-wing socialist so he can get coal <laughs> you'll not enjoy that uh farage of course um i think the, uh and what would he get um a dinghy i'd put a dinghy if you could fit a fit a dinghy in his uh in his sock i'd put that in his stocking alex what about yourself he'll be on the top of my naughty list just because they haven't been mentioned i i'd probably put i mean there's a lot i would pick from that but I'll add, I'll add Liz Truss. I mean, the damage she did to the economy in such a short period of time is just absurd. And then she's gone out and defended it and told everyone in public it was still a great idea. Just total double down as if to, again, trying to resurrect her career. It's, it's, and she's going to be why, claiming the hundred odd thousand pound a year wage forever. Having yeah, been a well, that's, yeah, I mean, that she shouldn't be claiming it. It's not 
a way it's a bit like the american system where you have money for a library it's office costs but the fact that she's claiming it for like a few days being pretending to be prime minister i'd um i'd, I'd put in a tombstone saying your career is dead <laughs> Stop it. just as just to act as a reminder future news like everyone to try and pick a topic that's likely to come up in a in a jovial way i'm happy to give a couple examples as well um to for for my future news it would be uh gb news signs the kkk <laughs> haven't they already done that they already have that jacob reese mock <laughs> famously with the kkk away strip what a meme. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh who would like to go next Jenny? I think the lava lamp's going to be the Prime Minister and do a better job. job than the Tories have ever done. All <laughs> hail the lava lamp. All hail the lava lamp. All hail the lava lamp. All hail the lava lamp. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, the maddest thing I can imagine happening is actually Penny Mordaunt becoming the Prime Minister, who would be much like a lava lamp. Um, only she can you hold the you besmirch the lava lamp with stuff like this. I mean, in many ways, they would quite like the lava lamp to be the Prime Minister of the Tories, wouldn't they? Because they see it as their <laughs> job in government to do as little as possible. What would your lava lamp do? Uh, we've already Nothing. seen a lettuce beat a Tory, so why not let's yeah. see a lava lamp beat a Tory? They'd be delighted with the lava lamp. They'd love a lava lamp as leader. Shall we put it into a by-election at some point? <laughs> or split the Tory vote. <laughs> I mean, there's going to be two by-elections very likely coming up and, and they're going to be spread out, which I don't think Sunak will want because Peter Bones' uh, recall petition is nearing its end. So that would mean if he moves the writ as soon as they come back, they could have that late February. And then Scott Benton, of course, who's not officially been suspended at the point at which we're recording this, but probably will have done by the time it goes out. Um, so obviously the recall petition for that will... I don't even know if that's suspended over Christmas or what. I don't know how that works, but... Didn't they pull him yeah. back in for the Rwanda vote? Um, I haven't checked, for... but but it was still an MP, he, he, so why not? Yeah, he was. <laughs> well, he still votes with the Tories. On the, I mean, there's various there's various independents who've had the whip removed who will vote with the government because they want the whip back. Um, although in Scott Benson's case, I really don't know why, because he's not going to win his seat, and they're not going to let him chicken run. He was trying to chicken run to a safer seat. I think that's out the window. So. Well, not not <laughs> near, but you know, if you oh yeah, there's plenty of there's plenty of genuinely safe seats. Um, I say plenty. It might if they keep going on like this, it might end up being about fifty. Why, why didn't why didn't Rishi Sunak remove the whip from Swella Braveman and, exactly. and then take her and then take her seat? Because <laughs> he's too he's too weak. He, he, what he should have done much earlier on, because I keep saying what Tories want is a right bastard as as in charge. I've said there's two things he should have done to stamp his authority on the party, and it wouldn't have required achieving anything. The first one was when he had to pull that vote on housing targets a year ago uh, because he was facing a rebellion, and it was a stupid rebellion. So what he should have said is, look, this is in the manifesto. You all campaigned for it. Therefore, any Conservative MP who votes against what is a manifesto promise is not a Conservative MP. You'll lose the whip, and you ain't going to be a candidate. And at the time, he would have made that work because he was the one who was going to resurrect their poll rating can't he can't do it now because no one's going to believe he's going to give him a help in health chance but at the time he was going to be the resurrector of the party so he could have done that and even if he had to withdraw the whip from 10 mps i mean that's only half of what johnson did and he still got his majority right so that would show he means business be a bastard it's what they want then 
when it came to the Privileges Committee, and he said you shouldn't be disparaging the Privileges Committee. He said any Tory MP who disparages the Privileges Committee, even by implication, is going to have the whip removed. And as soon as Nadine Doris was stupid enough to do it, remove the whip from him is a lesson to the rest of them. Um, and he could have done, and he would have had them in line. Yeah, he would have had them absolutely in line, and he wouldn't have had to go off and do all these mental things that Dominic Cummings allegedly advised. I mean, we are. According to reports, and I don't know how accurate these are, the only reason he cancelled HS2 was because he was advised by Dominic Cummings to do mental stuff. That was the mentalist thing we could do. I know, scrap this huge infrastructure project that that the Tories only adopted as a well. We've got to do something, haven't we? Uh, so there's there's, a, there's an element within they don't see things in the bigger picture, and I, I he could have completed HS2 and stand there and go, look what we can do. And it seems like a, a reoccurring pattern. Instead of saying achievements, they're just making cuts. Max, uh, I'm sorry, Phil. Max, uh, what would be your future news? Uh, Rishi Sunak opens his own brand of food banks starting in in Hartlepool. <laughs> it is the place to start, as we've heard. They really love their food banks. Wow. And Alex? <laughs> um, Boris Johnson gets married again. Oh, again. God. That's, actually, that note. that's feasible. <laughs> <laughs> and has a kid. Yeah, and have a kid. After, yeah, yeah. Very down a kid. Yeah. On that note, thank you so much. That has been brilliant. Thanks so much. Bye, mate. everyone. Bye, bye. Merry bye. Christmas. Bye. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Be sure to tune in next week for another exciting story from the files of Police Squad. Three, two, one. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Christmas. Christmas. Oh, no. <laughs>